0: is throwing an inning here or there in Bradenton. Tamar Johnson is in Greensboro, is hitting really well, got unfortunately nailed on the hand by a pitch last night. Jared Jones has ramped his fastball up to 100, and I'm not anywhere near as excited or intrigued or anything by any of this as I feel like I should be. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Too many backward steps, my friends. Too many. Too much of this having a a kid come up, perform at least in a promising way for a while. And then they get sent back, and then Derek Shelton and Ben Charrington come up with a, almost rehearsed at this point line about how we still believe that person is going to be blank, blank, blank part of our future. It's happened, man. I was about to cite this season or last season. How about just in the past month watching Quinn Priester, Nick Gonzalez? Before them, Luis Ortiz, Ruwanzi Contreras, Rodolfo Castro. Now with another organization, hopefully in a better place, meaning for him. Charrington has a line that he'll use with you. Standard fare, and he's completely accurate every single time he says it. And that's that progress isn't linear. That might sound a little too Ivy Schoolish for some, but it's true. It's true. You very, very seldom see uh, across the world of professional sports, but especially not in one that's as angst-filled as baseball, a player come up and just keep right on getting better and better and better and better without a hiccup along the way. The greatest of the great have had those. And that's not something that the pirates are ever going to be able to change. Because if they could, they'd be magic workers. They'd be multi-World Series champions over the next decade or so. They're not any of those things. But then they don't need to be that. It doesn't have to be a zero or 100 Argument here. The Pirates just need to be a whole hell of a lot better than they are at this. I don't think that's a big ask. I don't think it's unreasonable to expect that an organization that's never going to have, within the non-salary cap world of Major League Baseball, a top 10 payroll. Never, 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 never. Not one circumstance exists in which that could happen, including some super crazy rich dude buying the pirates still wouldn't have a top 10 payroll because revenues wouldn't come anywhere close to being able to account for it. And owners other than Steve Cohen in New York do not put their own money into the operations of the business, nor do they do it, by the way, in any other business. So what you need, and I do mean need, is baseball development that's at least in the top 10. Again, it's unreasonable to say they should be the absolute best at everything. That's, that's a, that's an impossibility. I don't know. Oh, actually, maybe it isn't. Tampa Bay tends to be the best at everything. But top 10. Am I fair with that one? Top 10 in terms of, Their capability for taking X talent and turning it into X-level big league player. If you get a Skeens or a Termar or a Henry Davis or even someone who isn't necessarily way, way up high in draft pedigree like an Andy Rodriguez international prospect who's shown extremely well in the minors. And now, of course, is seeing his early big league time. If you get those guys, they need to at least be what you thought they could be more often than not. And what I see with this group, with this front office, is way too many occasions where they're way too comfortable saying, eh, Let's just send him back. And then they do it. And the more often they do it, the more I think everybody around them, people who are paying attention to that sort of thing with this franchise, just become kind of okay with it. Oh, yeah? They sent back Priester? Oh, yeah. Well, that's normal. That's that's all right. Priester was thrown a lot harder than he is now a few years ago? Oh, um, gee whiz. Wow, sure hope he gets that back now that they've sent him down again. But how about the pitcher not losing his velocity, not losing whatever happened within his delivery, since he, like Contreras, like Ortiz, is a completely healthy pitcher. How about if he doesn't lose that? Sometimes when you lose velocity, it's understandable. Johan Oviedo is a perfect case. Oviedo's at a certain mark right now with his innings over the season where he's heading into new territory. All kinds of evidence and data exists to support that you need to monitor that sort of thing. Oviedo's fastball just keeps getting slower and slower and slower. you got to watch him, maybe skip a start, whatever it takes, but you also want to get him stretched out through the end of August and into September. Right? Okay, Fair. Contreras going from 98 to 92, and he's fine, meaning health-wise, that's not okay. That's not one of those where you say, yeah, we'll just send him back down. We'll, we'll let him work his way out of it down there. Priester was never up at the 98 range, but Priester was a mid-90s guy. He's done that at different points in his career. Now he's afraid to even throw his fastball. Just puts nothing but junk up there. And that's been the case since the spring. I reported that from Sarasota way back in February. So, yeah, I, I feel like I have a right to look at Skeens and think, well, it's just a matter of time. He's throwing 100, 102, whatever it was at LSU. He comes into the Pittsburgh system. Who knows what he'll be doing in a year or two under this Developmental slash instructional staff. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern, that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800 degree stone and Today's J1Q comes from JB, who says, DK, you've mentioned the incompetent hitting coach. The manager was a hitting coach, too, once, right? What else does he do other than manage the club? JB, Derek Shelton was, in fact, a big league hitting coach. And Andy Haynes is the Pirates' current hitting coach. And the biggest difference... To date, that I've noticed between Shelton and his predecessor at manager, Clint Hurdle, was that Hurdle was, of course, also a hitting coach along the way. But Hurdle would openly state without any apology whatsoever that he would take an active role in guiding the hitters, no matter who was his hitting coach. Along the way, no matter how accomplished they were, no matter what they had on their resume, no matter whatever kind of reservations they might have had about it. And you would see Clint behind the batting cage right next to his hitting coach watching what was going on and participating in it as appropriate. Again, never once said anything to the contrary, never once said, no, I'm letting so-and-so be his own guy. No, he wanted to be, I don't want to say the de facto hitting coach, but he never wanted to let it go. That was just an area in which he believed he could be of help and that he'd be in turn doing a disservice to everybody if he didn't help, if he just kind of kept his mouth shut to stay out of somebody's way. That is the 180-degree polar opposite of the way Shelton is with Haynes. And by the way, that also applies to how Shelton was whenever Rick Eckstein is there. So it's not like it's any difference in approach. Shelton took on the managing job. Shelton's the manager. He doesn't get involved in the other stuff. He'll talk about it. Of course, there are meetings. He is the manager but you don't see him and you definitely don't hear him talking about getting excessively involved. Now, which one of the two approaches is the correct one? I'd have no way of knowing that I'd have no way of knowing if hurdle overstepped his bounds and somehow created problems within that ecosphere. I'd have no way of knowing How receptive anybody would be to Shelton coming in and becoming the de facto hitting coach. Heck, I have no way of knowing if Shelton would be a better hitting coach than Haynes. I would imagine that he was, if only because it's difficult to imagine an approach, a collective approach that's uglier than the one that the Pirates take. But I'm going to come back to this and I'm going to do this a lot. Anytime I bring up Haynes in the general approach, this is a philosophy that is resoundingly endorsed by Shelton and much more so by Ben Charrington. They believe in this. They believe in standing there watching pitches go by. They believe in the impact on the opposing pitcher. They believe that if hitters become really good at this, that they're going to be able to hunt out their pitch and go at it whenever they're ready or if they're ready. The problem is, and I keep stressing this, it's not for everybody. And when you impose it in particular on younger players, you are flying directly in the face of what you said whenever you were hired, meaning Charrington that this was going to be a player-centric culture, that there was never going to be a one-size-fits-all application for any walk of development life. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these on Monday.